You're listening to The Powerhouse Musician, a podcast for classical musicians to hone the business skills we need to thrive in today's classical music scene. I'm Rebecca Lane, your music studio and business coach, owner and director of the Lane School of Music and Rebecca Lane Coaching. So buckle up, let's turn you into a powerhouse musician. Welcome to another episode of The Powerhouse Musician. My name is Rebecca Lane. I am your host. And today we are talking about the numbers you should be tracking in your music studio. There are a lot of numbers in a music studio, in any business. And as musicians, primarily, I think we come into the world of owning a business, being somewhat nervous about numbers. A lot of people, I think, have this problem. I know I certainly did when I was starting out. And I know still some of the numbers seem evasive to me and I have to really search for them. I'm going to show you today which numbers you need to be looking at regularly, at least once a month, preferably more often than that. I look at some of these numbers every week and how you can track them what, the, what those numbers should mean when you track them, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So there are lots of numbers that you could be looking at. Some of them are more useful than others. The ones that we're going to go over today are the ones that I think are essential. You need to look at them to know if your business is healthy, if your music studio is going to survive the next year, to see another day, whatever, okay? These are the numbers that you need to be looking at regularly. And I have Hmm, how many do I have here? I have nine numbers for you. Six of them are sort of similar to each other. And they're in three different sets. The first set of three is about how you count the number of students in your studio and the number of inquiries for new students in your studio and what that number means and what you should do with it and why it matters. The second and third sets are about money. And if you're like me, those are harder to look at, especially at first. Okay, especially if you're not seeing the numbers that you want to see, that's actually when it's most important that you look at them regularly. So we're going to talk about these. And the first three, the first set of three are really specific to music studios. And then the second and third set of three are important for any business. Okay, but I'm going to tell you exactly why set two and three are important for music studios as well. So the first set is your student numbers. These are numbers that you should be looking at regularly. If you don't have a ton of students, you probably already know what they are. But this is really important that you know how many students you have in your studio. And every month, you should be looking at how many new inquiries you had in that month. So how many people contacted you in one form or another asking about music lessons? And then the next number is how many new students did you get that month? And it might be zero. That's completely fine. Maybe you aren't trying to grow your music school. But chances are you're listening to this because you do want to grow at least a little bit. So calculating and tracking the number of new students that you have each month is important. And then the number of total students that you have this is the third number that you should be looking at in this set. Okay, so this is important because the number of new inquiries that you have or inquiries should translate into new students. If you are trying to grow then you need to look at the conversion between new inquiries and new students. Out of the people who asked about music lessons, how many of them actually signed up for music lessons? And again, 
if you are a solo studio owner, this might not be as critical for you month over month or week over week, but certainly it is year over year because not every single student stays with you. You won't have 100% retention every single year. That's not possible. You might come close, but you will lose students. And so it's important that you have new incoming students. And the way this translates to other businesses, they would call them leads. How many leads did we convert into clients? Okay, that's the kind of business language for this. So how many new inquiries did you have? How many new people asked about music lessons? And this can include siblings of existing students. How many people inquired about enrolling someone new in your music studio? And then how many new students actually ended up registering? And then how many students do you have in total? What does this mean in total for your music studio? How many students do you have? So the reason why this is important is because not only do you need to track this month over month to make sure that your studio is healthy, you need to track it year over year and you need to look for trends. You need to start noticing that probably every fall in August, you have way more inquiries for new music students than you do in, say, November even or in February, less, right? So there will be bubbles where you get more inquiries and where you can massage that and encourage that with marketing tactics to make sure that you get as many inquiries as possible during those high volume months where people are just naturally searching for music lessons and naturally wanting to start. Those are the months that you should be marketing. So tracking this month to month is important so that you can track it year over year and you can see where the trends are and you know where to put your efforts if you're trying to grow your music studio at any given point. Or if you have, you know, a family of five kids that moves to a different state and suddenly you need to replace that big void they've left in your music studio, you know exactly what you're looking at. You know what that means for your music studio. You know when you're most likely to find those students, when the next bubble of incoming leads is probably going to come up and how you can encourage and when you should encourage that to happen. So that's the first three, number of inquiries, number of new students, and number of total students. And the conversion rate between those first two numbers, the, the new leads and how many new clients you have, how many people actually pay for lessons versus how many people inquire about lessons is an important conversion rate to note as well. If you have people coming to you for lessons, wanting lessons, and you have space and you want to accept them, but they aren't actually signing up for lessons, they're not converting to a regular student, a registered student with you, that means something is not working on your end. Either you're attracting the wrong people or the verbiage that you're using to respond to them isn't working, but there needs to be a diagnostic report done there to figure out what is going wrong. Because if you aren't happy with that conversion rate, there are lots of things that you can do to fix that. Okay, so those three numbers are in your first category. As I said, categories two and three are mostly about money. They're money numbers, financial numbers, because you're a business owner. You run a music studio, which means you run a business. And that, my friend, means that it should be making money. And if you're uncomfortable with the idea of making money, then you won't make money. It doesn't just naturally flow to people who don't want it. So you have to get comfortable with the fact that your business is supposed to make money and it will make money if you do the right things and it should be making money, but you have to look at these numbers to make sure. So the numbers that you should be looking at, there are three of them on a monthly and on an annual. So the second category is the monthly numbers. 
And the third category is the annual numbers, but they're the same kinds of numbers. So on a monthly level, you should be looking at how much money is coming into your business from music lessons. And if you're a freelancer and you do loads of other things, or if you have a music studio and you also like sell music books or you sell courses or programs or whatever, I encourage you to just pare this down to your music lessons. One revenue stream to start. And we want to look at what your monthly revenue is from music lessons only. Okay. And this is really important that you see what that number is for each month. And as you know, I am really a fan of equal payment systems, like a tuition system for your music lesson. So it's the same every month, which means your income stays the same every month. So every month your revenue should be quite stable. Okay. So your monthly revenue each month from music lessons, what is that number? And then I want you to look at your monthly expenses for music lessons. What is that number? This one gets a little bit tricky if you're running music lessons like maybe out of your house and you don't have to pay any rent for space or you don't have any teachers working for you. That expense line for your music lessons might appear to be very low, but actually you're paying yourself. So you might want to include that in there. That's up to you. But if you have a studio with multiple teachers, then you're paying your teachers If you are renting space, even if it's by the hour and you don't have like a full lease, that's fine. That goes in your expense line for that month, okay? So you have your monthly revenue, your monthly expenses, and then the difference between the two is your profit for that month, okay? And it's really important to know what your take-home is, what this is actually going to make you, that you actually get to do with this money. And I will say this over and over again. I can't actually say this strongly enough to not attach any emotion to any of these numbers. I think particularly as musicians where our identity is so caught up in being like the starving artist, we're trying to escape that identity. We're We're trying to really crush that identity. It's difficult, but sometimes it's hard to look at numbers and not attach them to our own personal identity. They are just numbers, right? And if your monthly profit is super high, that doesn't make you a good person. And if your monthly profit is super low, that doesn't make you a bad person or a bad musician or a bad business owner. It just means that there's there's a number there that needs your attention and it needs you to look at it and, and interpret the story, okay? So these metrics that we're looking at are meant to give you information that you need so that you can take action in the right way. So if you want to see yourself making more money where your attention goes, things grow, I think is the expression. So if you want to make more money, you need to look at what your money numbers are, what your financials are. And the three that are the most important, and my coach told me this very early on, I don't know what to track. She was like, the only thing that you absolutely have to do every single month is money in, which is your revenue, money out, which is your expenses, and the difference between the two, which is your profit. Those three numbers you need to know and you need to look at it every single month. And so at the end of every month or as you're going into a new month, you should be seeing what those numbers are and calculating it and assessing if there are any adjustments that you would like to make so that you see something different the next month. Maybe you'd like to add another student. Maybe you have so much profit or so you have so much so many inquiries from new students that you actually could open another space 
or a new space or rent that thing down the street, that commercial location or whatever. So you have lots of options here. The numbers are telling you a story. You need to know your numbers. So we know our monthly revenue, our monthly expenses, our monthly profit. Then you need to look at it on an annual level. How much did I make in the last year in total in revenue? And we could get into like, you know, the financial terms of like gross, net, income, this, blah, 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 blah. Like there is so much jargon in the financial industry. You don't really need to know what all of those mean. It doesn't really matter what you need to know for the purposes of this conversation anyway, is how much money did you bring in from your music lessons over the course of the whole year? And how you calculate your year should be the same as the way you pay your taxes. Okay. So most of us, if we have solo studios in our home and we're a sole proprietor and it's not an incorporated business, we're going to be filing taxes with the year ending December 31st. If you're incorporated and you have a business, you have your LLC, all of that stuff, depending on where you live and da 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 da, then you might have a different fiscal year end. And that's how you should be looking at your annual numbers because that's the number that matters. That's the number that the government cares about. So your annual revenue and then your annual expenses. And then, of course, your annual profit, because that's what you're paying taxes on. Okay, is the profit, how much you actually got to keep of that money. Now, there's a whole lot more that I could say about these numbers. But the one thing that I want you to take away from this, and I want you to think very carefully about, especially if you're going to be increasing your expenses at any point, like you're renting space, you're renting space by the hour. I want you to think very carefully about this. This is really important. You might not make money for 12 months out of the year. As a music studio owner, you will probably have at least a month, maybe two, maybe more, where your revenue from your music lessons is lower. That is really normal, right? Because most of the people taking music lessons are kids and most of them do not take lessons over the summer. Unless you've arranged something special, if you've done something a little bit different from most of us and your students are taking lessons all year round, which is fantastic, by the way, or you're doing summer lessons, even still, probably your income takes a bit of a dip in the months where your, your students are not doing regular school, okay? And usually that means that you have steady income for 10 months, but for two months, you have maybe very little. That's pretty common. And what I want you to start thinking about is, do you have the same expenses over the summer? Which you probably do. You probably still need to live and eat and you may, maybe you want to travel or take vacations. And if that is the case, or if you're renting space and you still have to pay for that space over the summer, if that is the case, then the revenue that you pull for 10 months actually has to last for 12. And so there should be a percentage of it that you're setting aside every single month of those 10 months of higher revenue so that you have the same amount for those two low months. Does that make sense? And it really depends on like, again, if you do summer lessons, if you have how many summer lessons you do and what you require of your students to register for and all of that, which I can't really speak to that if I don't know your studio personally, but I do know that almost every single music studio take the hit in the summer. So for that reason, Make sure that the monthly revenue that you are bringing in 
is being allocated properly for 12 months. It's almost like your monthly revenue is going to be the same for 12, for 10 months, but your budget actually has to be calculated from the annual level and divided by 12. So your annual revenue comes in at your monthly times 10, but your annual expenses might come in at your monthly times 12. So there's a lot in there. I'm not going to get into it in more detail than that because it can get pretty confusing, especially if, you know, on a podcast where I'm not like sharing my screen and writing things down and you can't see it. But that's something to be really careful of. What you make in 10 months has to last for 12, unless you've got something else going on that you do over the summer that's going to like bump your revenue and your income up during those two months, then maybe you're fine. But for music schools, for studios, especially if you have multiple teachers, you're leasing a space, probably the revenue that you bring in 10 months of the year has to last for 12. That's something to be really careful about. Okay, those are the metrics that you should be looking at every single month and then every single year. So the number of new students inquiring for lessons, the number of new students that you actually register. And by registered, I mean they're actually paying you. So they're actually like, they're not registered until they've given you money or something. I want to make that very clear. So don't include people that are in your pipeline that you think or you hope are going to register. It has to be people that have registered. And if you don't have like a registration form or a deposit or anything like that, then it's their first payment. That means they're registered. Number of people inquiring, number of people who are registered, and then number of total students that you have currently each month. Financial numbers, monthly revenue, monthly expenses, monthly profit. And then annual revenue, expenses, and profit. Those are the nine different numbers that you need to be looking at. Six of them are once a month, and the other three are once a year. You could actually do the number of inquiries, the number of new students, the number of total students that you have for the year as well. That one's not as helpful to know. It is more helpful to look at that month over month. Those are your metrics that you absolutely must be looking at regularly to have a healthy music studio. Let me know if you need help with any of that. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Rebecca Lane Coach, and we can chat about what the numbers look like for you specifically. But this is the very basic fundamental levels. If you do nothing else, look at these numbers. You must know your numbers to know if your business is healthy. Have a great day, everyone. I'll see you soon and keep being a powerhouse musician. Thanks for listening to The Powerhouse Musician. If you've enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with someone you think will love it. To meet more powerhouse musicians like yourself, join my free Facebook group, The Powerhouse Musicians. Until next time, I'm Rebecca Lane, and you are a powerhouse musician.